Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. Sorry we've been going a while, but baby, we are back. My name's Andrew Levins, and joining me, Jonathan Valenzuela is here too. Hell yeah, and it's good to be here. It's damn good. It's damn good to be here to talk about indie games together for everybody. Yes. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about The Forgotten City, Deltarune Chapter 2. John has played Unpacking, a game that I played recently, and both of us are revisiting... Uh, games that we loved already, but now we're playing the Switch versions. So those games are Disco Elysium and Death's Door. So an action-packed all the small games for you. Plus, we've got a couple of emails, actually. Thanks for the, thanks for a reminder, me. Ooh. Open up that all the small games email, uh, because uh, you can email us, all the small games at gmail.com. And I know none of you are hearing us live, but send us an email right now. Maybe we'll read it out the, at the end of the episode. <laughs> that reminds me of that... Um... That Mr. Show sketch, the one oh, where man, it's the, the, the talk show, but it's for the stuff they talked about last week. Yes. And and, it, and uh, David Cross's character just loses more and more of his hair as, <laughs> yeah. as we see episodes. Oh, great shit. Great shit. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, let's try and achieve as, as great of an episode as that one. Um, and uh, as we talk about all these games, how do you want to do this first, John? Do you want to just get into the, the games we've already played or we want to hit that new shit? Let's let's revisit the games we've already played. Let's let's do that one okay. at the top. I mean, there's definitely one thing that lots of people would like us to do more, and that's discuss either the games Disco Elysium or Death's Door for a tenth episode this year. Levens, let's um, let's go for the hat trick. Let's talk Hollow Knight for a while as well. <laughs> hey, we will be very soon Damn because uh, we actually. We recorded a Patreon episode that went up last week, um, all about uh, SteamWorld Dig 2, and uh, our December Game of the Month for our Patreon exclusive episode will be all about Hollow Knight. Uh, and if you want access to all of our bonus episodes, go to patreon.com slash allthesmallgames. $5 a month gets you access to all of our bonus episodes, including all our deep dives into our Games of the Month and uh, the odd All the Other Things episode, which we need to do another one of because I've been playing lots of playing, watching, reading, lots of other things that we could talk about in our uh, Patreon bonus episodes. But enough about that because I assume yes. everyone's already gone to patreon.com slash allthesmallgames, signed up for that $5 level, downloading all that extra content. But now it's time for this current content. Disco Elysium <laughs> has hit Switch. Um, it's it's a game that uh, I will never play in my life. <laughs> no, it's to be honest. And look, I've but, honestly, I've made my peace with that at this point. <laughs> hey, I'm, I might play it. You never know. But uh, you are certainly <laughs> playing it for me because you have played it on PC. You have played it on PC again. And now you are playing it a third time on Switch. And I, I, every every time I'm, I log on to my Switch, I, uh, within minutes I get a notification that you're playing. Uh, Disco Elysium again. In in complete fairness, the second PC playthrough was like, it's more like I've played it two point two times because the the PC one I jumped in, played for a little while just to see the the changes that were brought about by the final cut release, which is mainly mm-hmm. just everything in the game is voiced now. Uh, and then yeah. I th- I said, you know what, I'm gonna wait for the Switch to do a, a full second playthrough. And it, it came like the Switch release came out, 
I think October sometime. So I've I, I bought it and have just been holding off on it and holding off on it because I know it was going to. I, I suspected that if I played again, it would absolutely take over my life, and yep. I was one hundred percent right. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very keen to, keen to hear about the Switch version because I I've heard a lot of negative things about because this was the one the version I was like holding out for like yeah 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 this is the the time for real this time I know I've been able to I would have been able to play it on PlayStation or Xbox but now the Switch version's out that's the version I'll get and then immediately I saw that like it had to have lots of performance issues which is a total bummer to hear but I'm curious if you've experienced any of those I I, I... I feel like you're going to keep moving the goalposts. You're like, okay, the Switch release is out. But once it's out for Ouya, that's when I'm going to really go yeah, in yeah. on it. <laughs> What's the, the, the play date? The, yeah. oh, I, want to, I want to play it on my play date when that eventually gets to me. Um, okay, so, yeah, look, it's... One, one thing straight off the bat is the console release is a little bit weird in the way that you actually interface with the game. Like, rather than having a cursor that you use to click on things in the environment. You use the right thumbstick to, like, move where your attention is because the way the mm-hmm. way you interact with stuff is, like, little bubbles will pop up on the landscape and you kind of select that bubble and press A to interact with whatever it is. More often than not, it's a thought or something or you can, you, can, you know, move the joystick around and highlight objects that are in the environment and interact with them that way. Obviously, on the PC, it's so much easier because you just use the mouse. You hover your mouse over where you want to interact with. You do that. The The console version is clunky at, at best, I would say. There is... Damn. There is a... Like, Switch, thankfully, has incorporated the touchscreen. So you can mm-hmm. just tap on the, on the things you want to do. But at the same time, it's a little bit annoying to have to constantly move from controller grip to tapping on the screen to back to controller, etc., etc. It takes a while to get used to. I'm I'm kind of there, but it's not incredibly intuitive how you navigate to the things that you want to look at on screen, especially when they're like tightly clumped together. It can be very difficult to be like, okay, I'm exactly on the one I want to, to say. Particularly when your companion in the game, Kim Kitsuragi, the motherfucking man, he might <laughs> wander in front of something you want to look at and then it becomes very finicky to try select the object rather than right. Kim himself. Um, I have definitely... It's definitely not... I can only speak on the Switch one for this. I can't talk Xbox or PlayStation and whether they suffer from the same issue, but it is not the most stable build, to be honest. I have experienced a multitude of crashes while I've been playing, which is frustrating. Um, Thankfully, I've been very conscientious about saving uh, in this playthrough, primarily because I am save-scumming a lot of the game, like... For mm-hmm. skill for skill checks, I'm just saving before them and then repeatedly doing them until they're successful. I've already played the game in the spirit it's supposed to be played. I want to play a like shitty cheating version of it this this playthrough <laughs> essentially, and it means I've like stacked a ton of skill points that I can use when I really really need them. Because um, it's it's I remember on my last playthrough, it's like I'd put a skill point into a skill to pass a skill check and then that skill would never be used again and I'd be like, well, shit, I just wasted a skill point, essentially. Um, right. So, yeah, it's it's definitely... I've had some crashing issues and there was even one period where it was crashing on startup and it did it two oh, or man. three times and I was kind of like, shit, am I just not going to get to play this again? But thankfully, managed to get back into the game. One of the other issues I'd say... And hopefully this is something that they'll patch along with the crashing issue. They'll they'll optimize it a little bit because the load screens take. I heard a, that's like one yeah, of the worst things. Yeah, take quite a while to to get through, and it's not that big a problem when you're moving around the wider world. But it's when you're entering buildings, and in particular, like I'm running into a situation at the moment where. To get into one section of the city, I need to go into a room and then out of the room. And it's super frustrating to be like, go through the door, you know, 30 to 40 second load screen, walk across (laughs) a room, go through the next door, 30 to 40 second load screen. Like, that is a frustration. All this being said, though, goddamn, this is 
Easily one of the best games I've ever played. I said it last time when I reviewed it two years ago on the PC. I'll say it again. Disco Elysium is so incredible. It is just... It it still blows my mind that this is, like, the first release from a game studio. It's, it is absolutely crazy <laughs> that this would be a debut release. This is something that you feel like a game studio should have been releasing for years and years to get to this level of quality. It is... Mm funny it is bizarre it is compelling it is heartbreakingly sad um the story is told so well the world that it inhabits is fascinating there is obviously you know you're trying to solve a murder in this game there's that but there are so many other side tasks some of which are completely weird like and have nothing to do with what you're trying to do some of them tangentially related it's it's such a dense game. It's so much fun to just get lost in this story. The final cut, the voice acting that they've added for the final cut is fantastic. It's, you know, from from hearing your own thoughts speak to all the characters in the game now being fully voiced is just so much more immersive. All the characters being fully voiced really brings out who they are as characters. Like, they've done some excellent choices in terms of who they've cast. I don't think they haven't mm-hmm. cast any big names. It's all just voice actors, but they do such a good job of That's bringing good. these characters to life. I I understand that this is not a game for everybody, and on this second playthrough, realizing that I don't think it is a game that you would necessarily find as good as I do, just because we have such different tastes in games, and particularly the the um the sort of time investment required compared to your situation of playing games with your kids a lot more and having limited time to kind of play games of your own, you know, volition, essentially. I don't think it is something that would necessarily appeal to you. I do have my fingers crossed that at some stage in your retirement home, I'll get some (laughs) kind of like crazy cybernetic message on my deathbed, Beams where you're direct like, to your head. I'm yeah. playing, I'm playing Disco Elysium, John, and I'll be like, yes, and then pass from this and then world. You, and you just like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah, my spirit leaves my body. But um, look, if if you like, if you like really deep storytelling, if if you are fine with a kind of point and click adventure style interaction, um, coupled with a really really interesting take on RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't need to evangelize Disco Elysium. Like, this thing swept Game Awards the year it was released. So good to see it out on consoles now. I'm still waiting for my vinyl copy of the soundtrack to show up, even though I ordered it, like, a year ago. Um, yeah, I, I cannot speak highly enough of Disco Elysium. Yes, the Switch release has some issues, but they're the sort of issues that, barring the interface, like how you interface with the game, the crashes and the the long load times, they'll be patched out at some point. So wait a bit if you want or dive on in now because it's it's still fantastic. Now... Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I think you saying that I wouldn't like it, I think it's It's one of those games that once I start playing it, I'll probably love it. It is just not a immediately appealing game for someone that, that is a little bit time poor at the moment mm. that just wants that, adre- that, that adrenaline rush of playing a... A more arcadey experience, hmm. um, but uh, look, you, you, I'm going to talk about um, Undertale Two. Sorry, Delta Rune Chapter Two in a moment, and that is very much you know an RPG with very witty writing in it, um, which is not too far removed from what Disco Elysium is. So maybe, who knows? There may be hope, hope for a minute yet. Yeah. Well, look. But it seems just... I think look, my, my lesson is that I'm probably going to get it on PlayStation Five because uh, I think load times would be a massive turn off. Yeah. Um, for a game like that. Um, so I, I, I've just wishlisted it, and the moment it goes on sale, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> All right. Do, do, do remember though, the moment I get that I'm playing Disco Elysium message, regardless of you my die. age, my soul will leave my body, and I will die. You're like, hey man, guess what advance, I'm playing, and I'm like, wait, 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 let me put Olive down first. I don't yeah. want to drop her when this happens. I'm, I'm driving a car with other passengers in it. Can you just let me pull over? <laughs> Now, going from one fantastic game to another absolute blinder of a game, Levens, Death's Door. Yeah, so Death's Door, um, one of my favourite games of the year, um, finally made it to 
uh, other consoles after being an Xbox exclusive for four months, I think. Yeah, um, it Xbox came out is last terrible week. at exclusives. I mean, I think it's maybe Death's Door doesn't doesn't get the level of polish that it got had Xbox not paid for that exclusivity window as small as it was. Um, maybe that's why it is as polished as it is. I don't know. Maybe maybe they got a bunch of extra money for it. I'm sure they did. Sure. Um, but whatever. I got I got to play it when it came out, and now everyone else get, who's heard us rave about it can play it on, I believe, everything now. Everything now. It's on uh, yep. PlayStation and uh, and Nintendo Switch. Um, I picked up a code uh, from Devolver. Thank you very much, Devolver, um, for uh, for the Switch version, just because I really wanted to, to check it out, play it in handheld mode, see how it goes. You know, maybe that that's a game that I want to replay this year. Um, and, uh, yep, I do, <laughs> because um, I, I, I thought I would play it just for a, for a short moment just to see how it plays. And um, I... Without fucking blinking, um, I had beaten that boss that's a big castle and um, was already in the Urn Witch's garden. Right. Um, in like what's what's felt like a very effortless 20-minute period, but was probably closer to an hour. Um but I didn't die once. Um, you know all of the all the all the rolls and um, and and like you know how many strikes you can do with a sword that just burned into my memory forever, my muscle memory especially. Sure. Um, the the Switch version uh, sounds as good as it as, as the uh, the Xbox version did. Uh, visually, there's a little less depth um, of, uh, of of the visuals, like especially in the in the backgrounds and. Uh, I feel like it always felt like you were playing this fantastic sharp diorama yes. when you were playing that game. Um, and a little of that is lost. It's slightly murky, but not in a way that is like, would I'd even notice if I was playing it for the first time. I just remember how good it looked on my Xbox um, and it doesn't look quite as good now. However, because it is such a stylish, stylish game, it still looks excellent. Um, have you, have and you played I, it I, docked? I, uh, yes, played it docked. That's where I noticed the murkiness. When you okay. play it handheld, you don't notice it at all. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it looks it looks looks excellent um, when you uh, when you're playing it handheld. Um, there was a little like when there's a lot of enemies on screen, which does happen quite frequently. It would stutter, not so much slow down, but there'd just be the odd stutter, but nothing too like certainly nothing that would stop me from playing the game. Um, loading screens are a, a minimum. Um, it, it it plays really well. Um, so if you uh, I've been waiting for for it to hit a console besides Xbox. Um, look, if you do have the luxury of playing it on PlayStation Five, I would recommend it. But this is totally a game that um, would definitely benefit from being played on the go too. So I think the, the Switch game, the Switch version, is a okay by me. Um, Hell and, yes. Uh, pretty fun. Pretty uh, pretty fun just playing a game that I've already beaten this year and just being like, yep, could definitely do this again. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's just such an excellent game, man. Um, oh, I, I, it- I know. I, I know it's, it's not really like, you know, it's not like a, it doesn't do any, it's not groundbreaking was what I mean to say, but it's just, it's so refined and fun. Mm. Um, and, and you just play as an adorable little crow who just is, is, is so animated and just, he is a crow. Like, you know, like he eats like a crow. He twitches his head and looks around at random things like a crow. Uh, it's a, it's a really fun, unique character to play as. Yeah. Um, and that soundtrack, man, that soundtrack is so, so good. Um, I'm I'm think, uh, hoping that at some point they announce a vinyl release of it, just because that seems to be my my little peccadillo is that I buy game soundtracks on vinyl. But yeah, yeah. I just hey, think man, there, are, there are worse picket peccadillos to have. <laughs> indeed, um, but I just think like the, the the cover art and the design of it would be amazing. Um, mm. But yeah, I got to pick it up on Bandcamp and and really get into it. Uh, I wish it was on it's Spotify. On... It is on Spotify now. Oh, it they, is? They, they, Hell um, yeah. My like office two, is going to listen to the Death Store soundtrack for the rest of the afternoon. Two, two weeks ago, I think the, the soundtrack hit streaming. Um, the, the, the same dude, he's one of the, his name is David Fenn, I think his name, Fern Fenn. Yeah. He is one of the devs um, who worked on Death Door. Um, one of the two guys behind Acid Nerve who made the game. But he also did the soundtrack for Moonlighter. And yeah. just my love for this game makes me want to go back and give Moonlighter another chance. Maybe when I'm, Mo- that's definitely not a game you play when you're time poor. But uh, Moonlighter is one, one of those games that both of us are going to keep going like, man, I've got to go back and look at that game again. Just endlessly, yep. endlessly, endlessly until, you know, we're both driving cars full of passengers that need to pull over. Yep. I'm going to call myself and let me know that I'm finally playing Moonlighter and die. (laughs) Um, Um, So yeah, Death's Door, uh, excellent port, excellent uh, version. Um, 
and uh, I think like a lot of people will, will now realize what a, what a, one of the best games of the year is is that game. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> man, it's getting to it's getting to be the game of the year uh, time. Oof, it is. It's it's December tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Wild. Um, and that's the wild. That's the crazy thing about replaying games. Both of us replaying games is there's still like a number of games that I want to get through before we we record the game of the year episode just to to make sure that I'm not missing anything. There's one yeah, uh, there's, there's one coming out in about a week that I'm quite excited for. Uh Heavenly Bodies which oh, is a Yeah, and there's a not PlayStation PlayStation it... exclusive console uh, on PC as well, developed in Australia. Is is it Solar Ash out next week as yes, well? Yes, Solar Ash is Solar Ash is like out this Thursday or something. God damn it! Okay, I've got to go in on that for sure. And yeah. then um, I feel like uh, the Yacht Club game, um, uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, is out really soon too. Man, this, <laughs> stop! We indie game indie game developers, please give us a grace period throughout December to catch up on everything. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I really want to play Unsighted. That's like the main game that I've missed this this year that I really want to get to. Um, I, I feel like I've, st- I've at least started every other game. I'm going to give up on Eastwood. I'm never going to finish that game. Sure. Um, but Unsighted is definitely one that I want to try and hit before we do our Game of the Year episode. I want to try... 13th of December the, is the when big... uh, Pocket Dungeon comes out. But Which that's w- going to ruin my life. <laughs> when, wait, what, <laughs> what, when in December? Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon comes out on the 13th of December. Right. Like that... Is absolutely going to take over my life when it's coming out. I'm, I'm, I'm desperately, like, ang- anxious about that game. <laughs> <laughs> I still, um, I really want to try the Big Con, that like really oh, colorful yeah. Nickelodeon style game about a girl grifting her way across America. Um, there's a few other ones in there. I got just rich in games, poor in time, Levens. Got to try and finish uh, Flynn, son of whatever the fuck. That was a good game. Uh, Son of Crimson? That Flynn, Flynn of Crimson, that's what it was. Flynn right. of Crimson, that was a cool game. I need to finish it. Um, but yeah, Unsighted is another game. I think it was a Humble Bundle published game that's on, on Game Pass. Um, a lot of great indies have been on Game Pass this year, man. Speaking, uh, of, sure. speaking of Humble, before we get into games that we have never been talked about on the podcast before, should we just tick and off... Games me- on the, and games that are game, on Game Pass. I was setting you up. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have jumped too quickly on that one. Yeah, so I finally went in on Unpacking. Uh, so Unpacking developed by... Who's it developed by? Witch, Witchbeam, yep. who are located Witchbeam. in Brisbane. They are the people that gave us Assault Android Cactus about six years ago. This is their latest one, and I I am, you know, you, you raved about it. You said that it was Tilly's favorite game. Tilly's yep. got Tilly's got mad good taste levens because this is a <laughs> this is an absolute banger. So for those unfamiliar or who missed the episode where Levens talked about unpacking, unpacking is a game that literally does what it says on the label. The gameplay is all about you unpacking. Uh, a a woman through various like a you know you are unpacking after moves throughout various points of a woman's life starts with you unpacking your first room when you're a child the you know the first room that you get by yourself then it moves on to her like university dorm room then it's her first share house etc etc and yeah in each location and and you know with with each kind of successive location there's more to unpack you get like you know you you move to bigger houses so there's kitchens there's bathrooms there's there's dining rooms etc um it's it is a a very calm game like you described there is no time limit there are no points awarded it is literally how you want to unpack this woman's life how you want to set it up there are you know if if you do put things in wrong locations like if you put her toothbrush in the kitchen the game once you once you kind of finish unpacking all the boxes the game will will indicate with a red line around the object that it's not in the right place and you need to move it that's really the only guidelines you have for the experience but i will say this it on top of being calming it is also at times very stressful like when you were trying to put books on a shelf and there are more books than shelf and so you need to be like well where the hell am i going to put these books then and you're scrabbling around trying to work out the best place for them to go and things like that. There's a whole level where you're moving into your boyfriend's house and that 
in my like for me that was incredibly stressful not only because the boyfriend has not left a lot of room for you to move in but also no, not be- at all also because you've kind of built a, a bit of a picture of this woman in your head as you've been moving her you know she's a she appears to be studying graphic design she's into role playing games and like dungeons and dragons and she's very nerdy and her boyfriend's house or apartment just makes him seem like a dickhead and you're just yeah. like what are you two doing together this isn't going to end well oh no <laughs> And of course it doesn't because your next move is you moving back into your childhood room at your parents' house. Yeah, which I think is like one of the highlights of the game. Um, I, I think this is... I, I feel like this is this is really lacking um, all of the games that were announced as the, for the, the Game of the Year awards, whatever it's called, mm. the, the Jeff Keeleys. This should have been on there because like, I feel like the storytelling in this game... I hate cutscenes in video games. I would much rather experience a story through gameplay and no game this year has done that better than unpacking. It's also just, it's the most brilliant storytelling because it's so <coughs> subtle. The story mm-hmm. is told through the objects you unpack. It's stuff like the, in when you're in your share house, you unpack a mug into the kitchen and then the next place you move into, that mug is now your toothbrush mug. Yes. And then each successive move after that, it gets more chipped and beaten up. There's even yeah, like I love it. The, the, the picture of your boyfriend that is on the fridge in your boyfriend's place. And then in the next one, when you try to put it up on the corkboard, the boyfriend has a pin through his face. Like Perfect. Yeah, those little excellent. details like that that just tell a full story in the smallest way possible. Absolutely incredible storytelling. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. That's really, really great. I, yeah. um, I've been playing. I've, I've, I'm completely rehooked on uh, Animal Crossing, which is a, a very big surprise to me because I would go as far to say that I hated it last year. Sure, um, uh, but I hated hated the experience of trying to play it with my kids, um, who like d- would insist that they play it, and then Archie would just like run around and like just always had full pockets, couldn't actually achieve anything because he would just have no focus. And I was, it was so frustrating to, uh, to, to try and, you know, to, to be on the couch next to that. Um, he's a little bit older now. He understands goal-based gameplay. Nice. Um, and uh, we've, we've been starting every morning by playing uh, Animal Crossing a lot lately. And um, the, the way you are able to unpack little things so well in unpacking, God, I wish Animal Crossing took a few lessons out of that because I yeah. think like the actual, the, the UI and the way, just the way everything moves and how good everything looks on that such a small scale, I think is, 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 is magnificent. Oh yeah. The, the art in this game is like, no matter how small the object is, I can tell what it is. Like, yeah. Like right down to like GameCube games that Game- obviously they're not going to say like the name of the game on it, but I, I'll recognize the color scheme. Like, oh, that's, you know, it's Wind Waker or whatever. Yeah, I had that with the DVDs. I'm like, oh, that's Ghost World. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, but even amazing. like, I'm, I'm talking about like a pair of tweezers that you put in the bathroom, like this tiny, tiny yes. object. But I can just, I can tell what it is because they've designed that object so well. And of course, last time we, you know, you, you raved about the sound design on it. I've I've got to agree, like, just the, the attention to detail they've paid to not only the object you're putting down, but the surface that you're putting it down on is is mm-hmm. amazing. You're absolutely yeah, right. No. This, this game has been snubbed left, right, and center for awards that it should rightfully be getting nominations for. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm pretty disappointed overall with that lineup of indie games um, that, that the Game Awards... I mean, not that I ever, ever really looked to the Game Awards as, as a... A shining a, oh, yeah, beacon a place of... That, yeah. Exactly, but... Uh, yeah, they, 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 it's not great, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, even, I, I mean, the, the Golden Joystick, the British version of the Game Awards, I guess, was recent. That is a very British name of a, of a thing. Yes. Um, and even there, like, looking at their lineup for Best Indie Game of the Year, I was like, meh, you guys are missing, like, some pretty key titles in here. I can't remember who was nominated. I just remember feeling, like, pretty um, uh, just dispassionate about the, the list, I guess. Yeah, totally. What was uh, another? Obviously, unpacking. I feel like is that that, that that's in my favorite games of the year. I think, um, but there was another game that we played recently that was quite sh- on the shorter side of things that we were both. Oh, Toem. I would yes. say Toem and uh, and this are like two of the best, like lighter 
um, indie games that came out this year easily. Definitely. If I not think, the two best. I think Toem showed up with one nomination in the Game Awards. Ah, whatever. Fuck the Game Awards. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's unpacking. Um, previously loved on this podcast and loved once again. Currently um, loved. You know what else I love? You know what else I love, John? Is it, could it be a word from our sponsors? There's several words from our sponsors. Let's hear them. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hmm. Beautiful words. Thanks, sponsors. Um, so, John, we've talked about games that we've already played this year, um, but uh, we've both played games that we haven't already played this year until we played them to talk about right now. So, uh, without further ado, please tell me about The Forgotten City, Ooh. the first indie time loop game of 2021. <laughs> That's some heavy revisionist history there. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> been a, twelve minutes. It never came out. It's been a weirdly Australian time for me because Forgotten City was developed by Modern Storyteller, who operate out of Melbourne. Um, mm-hmm. It is a uh, it is a game based on a mod for Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim, I believe. Uh, so they, they made this mod and then the mod was so successful and so popular that they actually made a full-on standalone game for it. Uh, so yeah, developed by Modern Storyteller, published by Dear Villagers. <clears throat> it's available on everything, your Playstations, your Xboxes, your Switches, your Windows. Sorry, Mac users and Linux, maybe they'll port it your way soon. <laughs> uh, so yes, The Forgotten City is a... Um, it is, it is a time loop game, as you mentioned earlier. At the beginning of the game, you are fished out of a river by a woman who is like, hey, crazy, I fished you out of a river. I wonder if you could do me a favor. There was a guy here earlier who has just gone into these Roman ruins looking for firewood, but he hasn't come back in ages. Can you go and look for him? You're like, hell yeah, okay, that's cool. Let's do this. Toddle off in. Exploring these ruins, you walk into a particular shrine and the floor is a trapdoor and dumps you down this big shaft into this ruined Roman city that's underground. You walk around past all these golden statues that are captured in like positions of terror and fear and like they're, they're in danger and they're trying to flee. Finally, you make your way to a, 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 a this glowing portal that when you walk through... You've traveled back in time to when this city is uh, alive and, um, you know, make it, making your way in, you, you start talking to people and they tell you, go talk to the, the kind of rule, the, the person running this city who gives you the lowdown. Basically, this city is, uh, it is, it is under, I guess, a curse uh, by a god um, called the Golden Rule and the Golden Rule that is the many will suffer um, for the sins of the one. 
So basically, if anyone commits a sin in this city, uh, everybody in the city gets turned into gold and the city dies, essentially. However, because of this looping time portal, if you can get, if, if you manage to get back to this portal before you, you get killed, hey, you start the day again and you can go back to trying to work out who is it that commits a sin that causes this, this golden rule to kick into effect and everybody to, um, to wind up as a gold statue. Man, this does time loop gameplay so much better than goddamn crummy 12 minutes. Like, <laughs> there's, for starters, the fact that it plays as a, a first person, I guess you could be rude about it and call it a walking sim, but there is combat in it to a certain extent. Um, the worst thing you could ever say about a game. What, that it's 12 minutes? <laughs> no, that it's a walking sim. I know, I know, the, obviously. The, the, the biggest insult. Um, which sucks because there are some fucking fantastic walking sims out there, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does time loop gameplay so much better because there are so many, like, there is essentially a city to explore. I mean, calling it a city is a bit much. It's a small, like, settlement, essentially, but still spread out over a fairly large area. There is, like, something like 15 characters you can talk to uh over the over the you know the course of a thing there's a there's there is time does pass as you move through so if you're not quick about your feet you you wind up at a uh, an event at the end of the day that will trigger the golden rule and make everything restart again uh so basically yeah it what what starts off with you trying to kind of do a bit of detective work about who might be the one that commits the sin that causes everything to go to shit Actually, there are so many twists and turns in this story as you gradually start to uncover like what this city actually is, what the people in the city are doing, um, particularly doing to each other, and how like you know there's a lot of kind of philosophy about the idea of morals and what is absolute wrong and right and and that kind of stuff. Um, the writing in it's very kind of like there's there's some some great. Uh, you know, interactions that you have with these people in the town. There are secrets in it, like there are a lot of secrets in this town for you to find. There's even like, like I said, there's combat. At one point you get your hands on a bow that when you shoot people, they turn to gold. Um, And then there's a bit where you're making your way through a locked up palace where someone has gone crazy and is like peeling gold off the statues and revealing still living people underneath. And the first... The first time you run into one of these is like you turn the corner in this hallway and there's a statue down the other end and you're like, okay, cool, I'll just keep going. All of a sudden the statue turns around and just sprints at you and you're like, oh, (laughs) what the fuck? Great moment. Fantastic moment in the game. Um, Yeah, I I was hooked. Like after playing one, one go through of this cycle, I was like, shit, I need to get to the bottom of all of this stuff. Uh, there are four separate endings to the game. Three of the endings are pretty good. The fourth ending, which is the main ending, is frustratingly bad. <laughs> like, yeah. I will say this. It's just... Yeah, it, it it left a slightly bad taste in my mouth after this fantastic experience I'd had up to that point. I, I really don't want to spoil it. Even even when you we start the game up, there's a little disclaimer from the creators who are like, hey, please don't spoil this if you're going to talk about it anywhere online. Let people... Especially if you get the bad ending. Let <laughs> people find out. Well, that's, that's the, the shitty thing is the bad ending is the one you're meant to get. Like, that's the... Right technically the best ending quote-unquote it is it is bad that the actual concept of the ending is bad there is a like prologue scene is a prologue epilogue which one's the one after epilogue 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 there isn't there is an epilogue after the ending which is very heartwarming uh based on kind of the the setup of the rest of the game but getting to that bit, I just like once once it was revealed to me what was going on, I was like, "Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me with this!" Like, you guys have been absolutely slam dunking it up until now. <laughs> you've whiffed it pretty bad on this one. Um, the only other criticism, huh? The only other That's criticism I would level at this game is whenever you talk to someone, it goes to that kind of like I guess what it does with like. 
other games in the Bethesda stable, the Bethesda third person, or you know Bethesda RPG stable, which is you talk to someone and it gives you like a a chest up view of the person. Um, they've managed to somehow make the eyes and the overall facial expression really evocative for the, the the sort of emotional state that the person is in, but the mouth does not move to what's being said <laughs> at all, and it's honestly like it reached a point of being quite distracting watching the mouth is like, this is garbage. How the fuck have you like, this does not look like what's being said at all to the point where I like started concentrating on the subtitles more than I was concentrating on the, the sort of animation of the person. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, I know I've just said two two things that seem fairly major in terms of impediments to your enjoyment of the game, but it is such a fascinating experience. There's even like it it doesn't hit it over the head, but it even like you can you can interact with objects in the environment and it kind of teaches you a little bit about what life in ancient Rome was like, which I was like that's cool you guys didn't need to add a sort of minor educational element to this, but I'm really glad you did. It's interesting to read about this sort of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of going above and beyond mm. what's expected. Yeah, do not do not let the criticisms I've leveled at this game stand in the way of you playing it. It's available on Game Pass. That's how I played it. If you have an Xbox, Hell if you yeah. have Game Pass, I definitely recommend giving it a go. Um, you know, poor poor main ending notwithstanding, the actual journey um, to get to the ending and the things you learn about this city and the questions that you ask yourself... Um, even like stuff like realizing that you have to commit a sin to kind of move the game along. Oh, right. Yeah, that's fun. Like stuff like that. And then there are other there were other loops I did where a character pissed me off, so I just shot them with this golden bow and arrow and was like, "Man, let's start again." <laughs> it just felt it just felt, felt so cathartic to shoot this person. I was like, "Cool. I can just I can just loop again. I can, I get to enjoy this experience." I get to enjoy shooting this person again and again and again. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, look, I, I highly recommend playing this game. I think it's great. Uh, it's been turning up on some, some Game of the Year lists, and it, it it definitely deserves its position there. I think it's a really interesting, really cool uh, example of time loop gameplay. Unreal. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so that is The Forgotten City. Mm-hmm. Um, which is available on Xbox and PlayStation. Everything and, uh, bar Mac and Linux. Oh, it and is on Switch. Shit, I didn't realize. Yeah, and Playdate yeah, and right, Ouya. <laughs> um, but when it does, John will die after mm. I tell him. Um, uh, so we've we've talked a lot about like you know how great it is that these games are available. So many of these games are available on Game Pass because it's almost like you're getting them for free. But John, what about a game that you could actually get for free? Oof. That is. Uh, a question that I kept pondering uh, as I played, or rather the question I kept pondering as I played Deltarune Chapter 2 was, I can't believe this shit is free. Um, so many, many years ago, like six of them, I guess, it's not that long ago, yeah. um, a game called Und- Undertale came out that was uh, developed and published by Toby Fox. Um, Undertale is a um, RPG that's very influenced by um, the Mother series, specifically Earthbound, and had a lot of um, strange and uh, and comedic uh, characters and writing in it, um, and was a little more involved than your average turn-based RPG because you had to. While your attacks are definitely like turn-based style that um, don't often rely on you having to do much, when you are evading attacks, it's you. The attacks come up in front of you on a little screen, and you have to evade these like bullet hell little scenarios for the enemy's turn. <clears throat> so I found it. I found it a very engaging RPG. Um, obviously, it's famous because there's so many different uh, endings in in uh, to Undertale. There's one like a pacifist ending where you don't because one of the hooks is you don't actually need to kill everybody. What you can do is uh, fulfill a, a few actions that then allow you to spare their lives, and the characters stick around it and and, and kind of keep adding to the narrative. Um, so a pacifist ending is one where you don't kill anybody, or there's one where you kill absolutely everybody that you encounter. Um, and there's a few other um, endings as well. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, there was a surprise announcement of a game, a shadow drop, if you will, of a game called Deltarune. And uh, Deltarune, of course, is an anagram of Undertale. 
this game was made and, and, and published by Toby Fox. Um, and, uh, the combat is slightly different. It's still a turn-based RPG, but it's less um, like the combat kind of mimics um, Earthbound in the in Undertale. But this is more your classic Final Fantasy. You've got the good guys on the left in a party, and the bad guys are on the right, and you've got to you know take, attack multiple enemies at once. That kind of uh, RPG. But you're still avoiding their attacks in a bullet hell simulation. Um, and the first chapter of Deltarune was a free release. It came out free on uh, on 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 computers so pc and mac um i played it the week at first week it came out um and while it is similar to undertale um in the way it looks and plays um as you played more of it you realized that like you saw familiar characters show up and different ties to the undertale games so there's a lot of of, of story to be told the um delta Rune games basically they, they follow um a character named chris who is forced to pair up with the the school the bully at their school um, and the two of them go on a journey to a magical world where they have to seal a uh, like a like a I guess like a portal, and then and then stop all the bad stuff from happening in that world, and then they return to their own regular world. Um, and so that game ended up coming to Switch as a free release, and other consoles as well as a free release, which was also surprising. The first chapter of Deltarune. And uh, Toby Fox, I guess, gave interviews at the time saying, like, Delta Rune is actually a much bigger game than I initially managed. I don't know if it is going to be possible for me to ever finish it. So enjoy the first chapter, you idiots. <laughs> then we did. And um, uh, recently it was announced that Delta Rune Chapter 2, another surprise announcement, I think 24 hours before it dropped, uh, Toby Fox was like, yep, here it comes. Delta Rune Chapter 2 is coming out tomorrow. It was on PC and, uh, and Mac as a free download. But... Shortly after that, in a Nintendo Direct, they announced that Deltarune 2 came, was coming to Switch as well. And that is where I played Deltarune Chapter 2. So the first chapter was like maybe a 90-minute to two-hour experience. It still told a really fun story and then had this big open area that you get access to at the end. Really, really satisfying experience with, most importantly, an absolute banger soundtrack because above everything that Toby Fox is good at, programming, design, writing, I think he is one of the best composers of video game music living in this day. In fact, he even Damn. got hired by the Pokemon group to do music for um, one of their non-Pokemon games a couple of years ago. Some weird RPG thing. Like, it was called like Town or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I love Toby Fox's compositions and God, it was just, you immediately re- like reminded of how good uh, playing one of his games is just to listen to. Uh, but anyway, Delta, Delta Rune Chapter 2 is also a free release um, on both uh, on, on PC, Mac, and all the consoles. Um, I played the first chapter on my computer. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to play Chapter 2 on my Switch because it, w- it would make me play Chapter 1 first. But no, you can select Chapter 2 from the from the start of the screen and it doesn't matter. Um the first Delta uh, Rune chapter was yeah, like a 90-minute, two-hour experience, and I was expecting the same here. I'm four hours into my time with Delta Rune chapter two, and I don't think I'm even in the final final stages yet. Damn, okay. <laughs> uh, it does so much more in terms of like adding new characters to your party. Um, they're, they're over, like, the kind of main antagonist queen is like... To, to, to cater to you only, John, this is the closest to Ryan North-esque, one of our favorite writers, Ooh. specifically comic book writers. His Queen's humor is like, you, like, if they were like, oh, Ryan North wrote all of Queen's dialogue, I would be like, oh, that's why it was like just yeah. so reminiscent of something I read in Squirrel Girl or Quince or whatever. Um, it's... So it's easily the funniest Toby Fox game I've ever played. Okay. And I know a lot of people appreciate the... Have you played Undertale? I have tried. I obviously failed. Um, yeah. But this was a while ago. I think it's one of those games that I need to circle back on and actually play. I mean, you could even just go straight into the Delta Runes. Um, obviously, there is a lot of appreciation that comes from... Uh, loving Undertale already once you get to them. But I feel like at this point, like you're aware enough of Undertale. And if you haven't played Undertale yet, just fucking go in, play the free games because sure. this game is enormous. I think I looked up how long to beat. And like, if you want to do a full completionist of this free chapter, the second free chapter of this game, which has no like battle pass or like, you know, uh, you're not buying, you can't buy like different costumes for Chris and queen or whatever. It's just like a free, completely free package. 
it's like I think it's like eight or nine hours if you want one hundred percent this this game. I don't know what Toby Fox's grand plan is with this game because when you open it up, um, the chapter select now, it goes up to chapter seven. Um, so one and two are playable now. Apparently, he's going to release the full package um, as a paid release. I don't know how long that will take him and uh, the small team that works with Toby Fox, but um, holy shit, man. I can't believe the quality of, of this game. Like obviously, like the crude, the intentionally crude graphics are not going to impress everybody. But that's not why you play Undertale. I find them funny, um, and some of the sound design is equally amusing as well. Like in that they just use like stock sound effects for like certain certain bits, and then like yeah. But the the, the music is always top notch quality, and the writing the writing is why you play this, as well as the battle system. It's really really fun. Like, you know, I typically, when I play RPGs, I like it to be like the Paper Mario style where you are doing action input. So it makes me feel like I'm doing something when I attack as opposed to just say, attack, use magic, defend. Um, but this one is really cool because you have a party that you you can combine your moves with to subdue your enemies in in ways that will like... Basically, once they're... Um, once you do something to them like if let's say like you get attacked by a, a cat a giant cat if you pat the cat en- enough times it will be subdued enough that you can spare its life instead okay. of fighting it and then if you subdue or spare enough of a certain enemy they go back to your town and they operate stores in your town oh um, nice it's really clever so it kind of gives you incentive to spare them because i don't know if there are multiple endings there certainly weren't for the first chapter and i'm not sure if there are for the second chapter of delta rune but the multiple endings was why you spared people in uh, in the in of undertale course. whereas there's not really like you don't know if that if you need to in this but this is like yeah there's totally incentive I mean, it to sounds spare. like if it sounds like if they set up a shop in your town that's reason enough in my mind to spare people oh no, it actually is yeah but, but this this is like a new a new feature for delta mm, rune chapter mm. two yeah uh yeah, man, I, um, I'm having an absolute ball with this. I don't want to talk about much about the story because I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't played it yet and plan to. But um, I, uh, I I think this is like a, an amazing experience. And I, the fact that it's free and I've, I haven't spoken to a single person who's played it um, in, in, our, in our Discord or in, in other Discords that I'm a part of. No one's really talking about Delta Inch Chapter 2. It is, if you like Toby Fox, this is just a hot slice of toby fox insanity and uh, i fucking love it nice well look i'm partially sold but i do think i'm like i do want to play undertale first i do the, want- the, the trap in in, un, in playing undertale first is you may finish undertale and be like okay now i'm going to get the pacifist run then i'm going to do the death every death to everybody run right um whereas you could just play Del- delta rune <laughs> that's true so there's like <coughs> Is there stuff in Deltarune? I think you mentioned earlier. Is there stuff in Deltarune that I will only get to appreciate if I've played Undertale? I mean, not really. It's just kind of like, oh, that that that's what that character is doing in this game. It's just like you know, it's like recognizing an actor. Not really, right. not so much as like you won't understand this because of you haven't played Undertale before. Okay, okay, cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of similarities that you might miss miss as like, oh, that's just like Undertale, but I don't think it takes away from the game experience. And I think um, if I played Deltarune first and then went back to Undertale. It would just be the same experience in reverse. Oh, I recognize yeah, that from Delta Room. Memento style. Yeah. Well, damn. You know how that works? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to forget about Delta Room every 15 minutes and then tattoo Perfect. stuff on my body. Excellent. Also, I'm Guy uh, Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I should definitely finish Delta Room Chapter 2 by next week um, and I'll let everybody know. My, my final thoughts but I'm, I'm fucking loving it and if you are an Undertale fan you're crazy for not playing this already if you haven't get in there it's great and uh, at, at the very least just to hear a whole bunch of new Toby Fox songs even just like rehearing the, the battle theme from the first chapter is, it's one of the best it's so funky hell yeah <laughs> and, I, and I seldom use that word I hate that word but <laughs> Toby Fox is definitely yeah definitely the shit um, so that is it for uh, game reviews this episode. But let, let's 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 finish it up with a couple of, th- of e- emails we've gotten recently. Um, uh, actually, I'm not going to read this one. We got we got a we got an email from the publisher of Unmetal saying, "Big thanks for including Unmetal on your recent podcast. What stood out for me was that you said it was a bit of surprise, bit of a surprise. So clearly, we need to do more on our outreach because we've just pushed through over 130 published reviews of for Unmetal since, since launch." Um, so I guess they're saying, fuck you. <laughs> we, we, we do our jobs really well. 
you do your jobs better. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So, and, also, I hate, and, and to I, them I say, this is a hole. This is a hobby, okay, guys? Yeah. I hate this game now. <laughs> fuck un, fuck <laughs> Unmetal. No, that was a good game, right? True. Yes. Very fun. Yeah, cool. Anyway, uh, this is uh, another another recent listener. This is James from Minnesota who says, Hello, Levins and John. I've been going through your back catalogue and got to the episode where someone writes into you and they are kind of mean. Just want to say I love your podcast. You are both wonderful experts on indie games and have given me some great recommendations. Specific praise. Levins does such a great job describing games that I can sometimes practically see them already. John has an incredible eye for things that are missing in games. He should be in quality control if he isn't already. <laughs> Thanks for all the shows, and I hope you are all doing well. Thank you, James. Thanks, James from Minnesota. James from Minnesota, thank you very much. Um, and if you would like to send us compliments or uh, requests that we do our jobs better from your point of view as a publisher, uh, all the small games at gmail.com is the email address that we can be reached on. Uh, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, we also have a Patreon if you want to support the show. $5 a month uh, gets you access to so much bonus content, deep dives on some of our favorite indie games of all time, plus uh, episodes called All the Other Things, where we focus on everything besides indie games. Uh, when this goes up, it'll be almost the start of a brand new month, which is the best time to sign up to Patreon because you get the full month. Just You pay for one full month and uh, you can just you know enjoy all the content at the end of the month. If you don't like it, you can, you can buzz off, as they say. Um, so yeah, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash all the small games, uh, we really appreciate uh, it if you do support us and uh, hope that uh, you find something very cool there. We love the support. Um, John, where else can they find us on the internet? Uh, so on Twitter, they can find us at all the small game on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash all the small games. If you want to find, uh, if you want to keep up with the life of Levens and you should, because damn, this boy lives, uh, at Levdog, L E V D A W G on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to see a bunch of photos of my dog and my baby daughter, um, and cars, because that's the other thing that I put on, on that. Uh, my Instagram is 16tacos. It's also the same for Twitter, where I post any dumb thought that wanders into my head. <laughs> um, and you should tell him, hey, John, maybe you should buy one of these cars that you love posting so much. Oh, God, I wish. that you don't have yeah. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a parent. Look, it would, nothing would bring me more joy than getting my hands on a 1979 Honda Civic, but I don't have any disposable income. If anyone listening has one of those spare, um, John will happily take a uh, Honda Civic off your hands. Definitely. And we've said that from the start of the podcast. Yes. The goal of this podcast is to get John a Honda Civic. <laughs> um, now, for the final reveal... What was all that rustling that Levins was doing while we were recording today's episode? I, uh, I like to keep my hands busy, so it, co- it helps me concentrate better, but sometimes that means a little bit of rustling. John, do you want to take a guess? I've definitely seen you building something, like mm-hmm. a transformer of some description. Dude, very good stuff. So not just any transformer, John. This is the brand new J Balventron. <laughs> Uh, you, you know I'm a big reggaeton fan And sure. uh, Transformers did an, an official collaboration With uh, Colombian reggaeton artist Jay Balvin Made That's the Jay Balventron and, Bonkers uh, It's this very, very colourful It's actually the, the same colour as a Playdate Bright yellow um, And we have these fantastic uh, pink explosions That you can load into the Jay Balventron's gun Which can be split into two pistols oh. uh, The Transformer itself is a tape deck that comes with a tape and pop out comes the regular cassette. You fucking idiot, John. It's not a regular <laughs> carrot cassette. It transforms into a pterodactyl. <laughs> man, I'm such a fucking idiot for not picking that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, this is uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever bought and I have no regrets. This fucking rules. Hell I've yeah, never, man. I've never owned a... I haven't owned a Transformer as an adult, and uh, this, is, this is a potentially dangerous path to go down. But maybe if I confine myself to only buying reggaeton-specific Transformer collaborations, then uh, this will be good. This will this will be fine. Maybe you need to you need to spread it out to um to other toy lines as well. So if like Daddy Yankee does a really dope My Little Pony collab, hell yeah, My Little My Little Yankee. <laughs> Dude, please will that into existence. I love that so much. Um, um 
Here's the here's the pterodactyl in question. What once was a cassette deck is now that's sick. Pterodactyl. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what anyway, an thank unexpected you for listening, collab. I know. Uh, he's J-, J Balvin is uh we 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 follow him pretty closely on Hey Fam. I don't think Angus has ever listened to a uh, a single song of his, but he's a very aware of all of his weird collaborations uh, ever since the J Balvin meal at McDonald's. Yes, yes of and I have course. to say this Transformers collaboration, much better collaboration than his collaboration with McDonald's. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can hear more about the J Balventron on this week's Hey Fam, I'm sure. Uh, and you can hear more of me and John next week on All the Small Games. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. See you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.